try to stay dead this time. Hello, my name is Will and you're listening to Exploding Helicopter, the only podcast in the world that's decoding the DNA of films where helicopters explode. Now back in 1996, everyone was talking about Dolly the Sheep. No humble farmyard animal, she was in fact a scientific breakthrough. That's because Dolly was the first mammal ever to be cloned, raising the possibility that human cloning may just be a few years away. That idea is the launching point for the film we're looking at on this show, the Arnold Schwarzenegger sci-fi vehicle, The Sixth Day. Joining me to discuss the film is a man who's living proof of why we desperately need scientists to improve the reproduction of our species. With me today is my good friend Dara. How you doing, buddy? Hello, mate. Yeah, I was thinking perhaps of getting myself cloned so I could just do these podcasts from somewhere else and have some poor sucker put up with these crap films you made me watch. <laughs> Well, it's been a while since we've done one of these shows and, uh, you know, it's that it's that it's your enthusiasm for this project that I have missed in that time. So it's good. It's good to have you back chomping at the bit to get stuck into another cracking film. Oh, it's this. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's good stuff. Well, it's really good stuff. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I like to think that, uh, yeah, as I say, it's been a while since we've done one of these. And I, I, I like to think that you've uh, you've been missing this uh, secretly. But uh, it's probably better you don't answer that question and shatter all of my illusions. But uh, given the theme of this film, I, I did wonder how you felt about cloning, because I've been wondering what would happen if you met your own clone. And, you know, I kind of think there's a vain part of you that would be very excited about meeting your own double. But uh, similarly... I would love that. I would love that, Will. I'd <laughs> love to meet my clone. I think we would be best friends. And we would just obviously agree with each other. And, uh, you know, I think we'd make the perfect team. I, I've, yeah, I was thinking about because obviously Schwarzenegger in this film meets his... He's very, kind, very blasé about meeting his identical mm. double. Um, you might have probably been a little bit more shocked and want to know a little bit more about the process but yeah i certainly would be keen to to meet uh, another version of myself why not well well you say that but i don't know how much you thought about it because i thought there would be a part of you that would be very excited about doing that but i also thought there would be a part of you you know that kind of you know there'd be a part of you that sort of vanity part of you that would make you immediately jealous that there's someone else out there who could you know steal your limelight so uh, you know it made me wonder like which way you'd go on this no i think we'd we'd have an understanding my clone and i where we would work for our mutual benefit and uh, in fact be more productive than just one of me on my own <laughs> so this is this is a welcome addition obviously we need to be moving from just putting ears on mice to actually full human cloning so a uh, i could meet my exact clone and we could uh, work together or b i just might have five clones just to do all the crap that i don't want to do i.e podcast reviews <laughs> going to work shopping <laughs> cleaning the house giving me more time to you know go on holiday and enjoy myself wow there you go. Well, hopefully scientists will deliver you this uh, exciting future which you crave. OK, I think it's time to get stuck into the sixth day. Cue the tinkly piano music. There's been a sixth day violation. How much does Gibson know? Who are you people? Open your eyes. Your family could get killed in the process. We won't have to lose our best people. We will finally be able to conquer death. Your family is not really your family. 
They're his. A human was cloned. That human was you. Kind of takes the fun out of being alive, doesn't it? Tell me why I'm a threat. The Supreme Court upheld the laws against human cloning. Why kill me and not the clone? You saw him. He didn't see you. Daddy? We found him. They'll do anything to destroy the evidence. And you're the evidence. He has a wife and kid, right? What are you gonna do? Take my life back. The sixth day takes place in the near future during a time when human cloning is possible but has already been banned across the world. Arnold Schwarzenegger is a humble helicopter pilot who accidentally finds himself caught up in a massive conspiracy when a shady businessman, who is secretly engaged in illegal human cloning, is murdered by religious extremists opposed to this sort of science freakery. As a consequence, Arnie is cloned by accident and thrust into a struggle to protect himself and his family from the conspirators who want to keep human cloning a secret. The Sixth Day was released in the year 2000. Alongside Schwarzenegger, the cast also features Hollywood royalty in the shape of Tony Goldwyn as Drucker, the shady businessman running the illegal cloning operation. The great Robert Duvall turns up as the scientific brains behind the duplicitous duplication. Raspy-voiced character actor Michael Rooker turns up as an assassin alongside Terry Crews, who's making his screen debut. The film was directed by Roger Spossiswood, whose very varied career includes helming Air America, Turner and Hooch, and the notorious Sly Stallone stinker, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Roger also directed the Bond film Tomorrow Never Dies, which features a very exciting exploding helicopter scene. The Sixth Day has a 5.9 rating on IMDb and a 32% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Roger Ebert described it as a well-crafted entertainment containing enough ideas to qualify it as science fiction and not just as a futurist thriller, while the New York Post praise was more qualified, saying that whilst a undistinguished thriller, it was the most entertaining movie from the ageing action star for some time. But uh, Dara, let's, uh, let's find out what you thought. What did you make of uh, The Sixth Day? Well, you're doing a very good job in making this film sound a lot more interesting than it actually was. <laughs> I, the whole thing had a vibe of a made-for-TV movie for me. Um, it's interesting you mention uh, the CV of Robert Spottiswoode because after this film, it basically, looking at his filmography, it almost killed his career because he, did, he had done a lot of TV work around this sort of period it kind of had those jump cuts and the style of it just was it just felt like it could easily been a, a, a made for tv movie don't get me wrong there's some really clever and good ideas buried in the kind of the kind of humdrum direction and script great ideas about uh, obviously the, the main main point of this film is um the cloning issue so there's some really clever ideas about cloning sort of buried in the mix here um, the, just the execution of those ideas just felt a bit sort of um, mundane. Um, it's pretty much a humorless film. I think we were discussing before, and it's come almost like it falls between two stalls. It's not clever enough to be an intelligent sci-fi film, and it's not sort of dumb enough to be your typical Arnie shoot 'em up. So it kind of, uh, I really didn't enjoy this film very much at all. 
Oh dear, I'm uh, I'm I'm sorry to hear that because you know I, I, it's a hard job I have trying to find a watchable film for you to do on this podcast. But uh, I think I'm a bit warmer on this film than you are. I thought this was a pretty decent sci-fi film. It's uh, you know I'd agree with you. It's certainly not top tier Arnie fair, but uh, as you've mentioned, I think there are some really good ideas within this this film, and you know it creates uh, a very I think interesting world in which the story is is taking place um, but it does have some sort of notable flaws and I think unfortunately Arnie is the wrong fit for this movie and um, you know I haven't uh, you know I kind of did a little bit of research I couldn't really find too much about the making of this film I do wonder if this film really was an Arnold I wonder if it was a kind of a you know a kind of a more straight sci-fi film that when Arnold Schwarzenegger got involved it was kind of then reshaped a bit to kind of make it yeah to make it more more of a sort of typical Arnold Schwarzenegger film but uh do you think Spotify was the first choice I mean it kind of it's missing you know it's crying out for Verhoeven to direct it It's missing some, some of that satire or something like a Cronenberg just to make it give it kind of like dystopian future it felt kind of i don't know whether it's i always get interested in the process because there's a lot of things that make up a film you know i thought the production design of this is really unimaginative i mean some of the ideas like self fridges that tell you when they're you know milk is running out or the pet pets where you can you can clone your pet and some of the ideas are great they didn't, just didn't look feel very believable or interesting and i just wonder whether that's production design, is that director's choice? Well, apparently Joe Dante was in the frame to direct this film. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with his CV, but like a running theme throughout his you know his films is you know he is uh you know he's a great satirist he's always sending up in his movies um, perhaps different elements of society and i can kind of see how this material might be in his wheelhouse and i think it would have been interesting to see what uh what he did with the film but uh you know we got roger spottiswood who i think he does in many ways i think he does a good job um i mean the film does look a bit dated but it's really dated now yeah but i i think that that is just i i kind of think you can't necessarily hold that against a film i think you know i remember seeing this at the time and you know it looked a good looking film at that particular time and but you say that but look at something like total recall you could i could watch total recall today and it still hold up for me even though some of the you know computer technology seems a little clunky that works is totally believable world. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to put your finger on. Sometimes these science fiction films, they 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 live or die by your believing in this dystopian future. And I, I just this I, I could I could well see there being a day where cloning is, you know, they, they talk about cloning now in terms of getting uh, having a um, cloned um, organs. Um, you know, they don't think they're a huge distance away from actually doing that. Whether you actually have a whole human uh, 100% clones, there's obviously going to be that moral argument from governments to actually do that and fraud and all those sort of things that are involved in that. But so the ideas are plausible. I just thought the delivery wasn't. Well, let's dig into the ideas in this film, because I guess you could look at this film and think it's just a typical wham, bam, Arnie sci-fi action movie. But, uh, you know, as we've already alluded to, this fact that this film does have quite a lot of 
ideas that it explores and you know it creates i think a very interesting world or interesting society where human cloning is possible and uh you know uh, you know what did how do you how well you know do you think the film sort of tackled those particular ideas well i think they mentioned that, that i think in the preamble how because of some problems with the cloning process how it wasn't safe they decided that uh, not to clone humans and it was banned but they still um, he explained how they because of the increased population, they had to clone fish for food. So they, they ended up doing that and saving the human race. And they're also cloning. Um, we learn within the film, there is also legal cloning of individual organs for for organ transplants. That's legal. And oh, also, I missed that bit. OK, that's um, good. so that's yeah. So that that is um, within the film. The Robert Duvall is running this uh scientific project to, to do that work and that is seen by these extremists as a front for ultimately getting human cloning made legal so there's a very interesting you know some you know the people who kind of created the script you know have thought through okay if we've got cloning that it's possible but it's banned you know what would how would how would how, how would business it? start trying to reshape the landscape to be able to exploit those possibilities and you know also within this world you see that the fact that whilst human cloning is banned the cloning of animals isn't banned and so there's a, a kind of a little subplot within the film about the fact yeah, that uh, people yes that yeah. people's pets can if they die can be uh, cloned again so i think think all of those details i think were really interesting in kind of you know it feels like it's a fully fledged world that they've come up with i take your point when you start to dig into this film they have thought about quite a few of the intricacies but i don't know i just there's there's sort of little patches where you think you could go in a different tangent and then they just veer back into chase scenes and you know you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right, is supposed to be a family man, you know, apple pie eating family man, loves his wife, runs a ski school. And within two seconds, he's shooting bad guys with a with a laser gun and he's twisting people's necks. It's not believable. I don't I, it's not it's a weird combination. It doesn't work. So therefore, I guess it undermines the good work or the interesting plot points there are in this film. Well, I think that gets us on to something that we were going to sort of, I guess, talk about a little bit later, which is Arnie's performance in this film. And as we've kind of uh, already sort of danced around a little bit, I think he's miscast in this movie. And I suspect that, uh, well, I mean, according to, you know, according to the sort of the trivia on this movie, Kevin Costner was originally lined up to do this movie, but it conflicted with another project that he was uh, committed to. And I suspect that uh, then Arnold Schwarzenegger comes on board. And then I think that what may have been something that was more of a, a type, you know, more of a kind of like hard sci-fi type of film, which more cerebral, more cerebral played out as a straight thriller, you know, which had the time and space to go into the moral quandaries, the kind of gray areas that, you know, and explore the world in which this film um, it takes place. The material then gets reshaped a bit to give it, you know, that more sort of what people expect typically from yeah. an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. So, um, you know, as you because I think we come back to that point, that, as you were saying, where we're saying it falls between two stools of an intelligent sci fi film 
and an action movie and i don't think it where it lands in the middle is not a happy place for it yeah i mean total recall obviously doesn't discuss cloning as such but a similar type of atmosphere he's isn't he just a simple miner but there's somehow because maybe i think in that one they uh transfer he's he's going under the guise of being a a spy it's more believable because he's he's gone through a change of process in his brain that gives him this ability to kind of shoot and he doesn't know how these powers have come about so that's it for that that completely works but this is nothing nothing's happened to him apart from him being cloned you don't suddenly turn from a family man running a just a business to being a killer well he is given he is given a backstory of having been in the army in this film so um he was I I completely missed that you, you come on dara like i need I you to be paying that. paying attention i like, think i think my eyes might have been closed at, closed at that point well so he's that's how he knows how to um build those bombs because he's he makes a reference to his time in the army and uh fighting in the uh, rainforest wars can you imagine the america of uh, 2018 fighting in a war to save the rainforest it's uh pretty hard to imagine but uh yeah not not a few sign out of uh the climate change agreement it's probably not going to be the <laughs> first thing on your agenda well actually maybe that's why you sign out of the climate change so you can wage oh? proper war on the uh, destroy the forest maybe <laughs> yeah, that could be the reason okay well, it's all coming together yeah. trump's apocalypse but uh, we're getting kind of slightly off the point. So, but uh, yeah, he is given that backstory to his character, but it just doesn't. Yeah, doesn't as you work. say, it, he just. Uh, you know, you, you need to know the actor that you're working with. There's a, uh, uh, you know, there's a it's horrendous, frankly, horrendous scene where Arnie meets his clone for the first time, and Arnie, I love him, but bless him, he can't really act, and he cannot sell that scene at all. The kind of the yeah. shock. You know, it's meant to be a kind of dramatic shock scene where he meets his clone, he meets his double, and Arnie just can't, for the life of him, convey. You know, he's just not a dramatic actor. No, um, he's not. He's got. He's not got that kind of nuance. Uh, he's great. You know, great. I love Schwarzenegger films, but they are. You know, he's best when he's kind of, kind in of in a particular a- environment, and he's working within his range. And there's there are some scenes in this film which take him way out of his comfort zone and you know it's very obvious that he is out of his depth in in, at particular moments in this movie i don't want to go off at another tangent but i've just had a thought what's the when what was this film was made in 2000 has arnie made a decent film since 2000 well this isn't a decent film but has arnie made a decent film in the last 18 years I don't think I, I can't, he had a, he's obviously had his time out to go into politics and he hasn't yep. done much. The, the Terminator reboots weren't very good at all, even though it was that's really his environment. I think he's I think his days is in film. There's often talk about him coming back, and obviously any time he still puts bums on seats because he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. But yeah. I can't imagine him making a good film anymore. Um, I think. It depends what you want from Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I think it depends on how forgiving. You know, for someone like yourself, Dara, I don't think there's anything in the last 18 years that he's made that you would consider a decent film. For other movie fans, I think there are definitely films that he's made in the last, like, 20 years that are very uh that are very watchable. I, you know, I don't... I don't, think I don't want to put you on the spot, Will. Can you name one? 
Well, I I would say I really enjoyed Collateral Damage and it's not a it's not a great movie. I wouldn't put it in top tier Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I really enjoyed that movie. So Watchable. And even something like oh, I've forgotten what it's called. It's called something like um oh, it's like the last uh, the last hero or something like that. The last action hero. No, 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 no. It's got um it's got Lewis Guzman and uh, Johnny Knoxville in and um The Last Stand, that's it. The Last Stand. Um I re- I really enjoyed that movie. Again, not top tier Arnold Schwarzenegger, but I think for in terms of the latter period of his career, that's a that's a film that that knows how to use Arnold right. Schwarzenegger in a successful way. So you get some good action, you get some sort of comedic, um, some good comedic beats within that movie. I you know I think that that was uh, you know that was a good latter part you know i think if you were to watch that film i think you would hate it but that's because you know you're this sort of born again sued who no. you know, only, only <laughs> likes subtitled iranian movies listen mate i'll give time for decent action films when i see them and uh i do see some good things I, I watch quite a lot of netflix stuff these days so for instance uh, we're going off a mega tangent here I watched Don't Breathe yesterday. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's I've a sort seen of, it. Uh, very good, very taut. Doesn't need. Uh, I think it's not mega clever. It's a genre film, but excellent. Really kept you on your on the edge of your seat. And that you know that didn't have subtitles. That was no great premise. Doesn't need to have that. I will. I'm willing to. I I will. I'm not I don't think I'm someone who's sort of starstruck by actors. I won't go and see a film because so and so is in it. The film's either good or it's not good. So you you can have Schwarzenegger in it or you can have an unknown and doesn't matter to me. Well, fair enough. Well, as we're talking about actors, why don't we talk about some of the other actors in this movie? So also in the cast, as uh, sort of mentioned at the top of the show, we've got uh, people like Robert Duvall and Michael Rooker. We've also got Terry Crews in there as well. What did you make of uh, the rest of the cast in this movie? Well, I, I've always got time for Robert Duvall. He's, he is a, an actor's actor. He's very versatile. I think he's the kind of the nearest thing you've got to the heart of the, the good of this story. Uh, is Robert Duvall is kind of a conflicted he's, mm. a, he's the sort of genius behind everything but he, he's, there's a conflict in there he doesn't really agree with a lot of the uh, things that the the uh, clinic is doing uh, and the the advances that are being made and, and the way that, that his the way that his science is being used yeah exactly and abused and abused for profit and you know no spoilers but he tries to tries to escape and they they drag him back in so um I I liked I liked his little I wouldn't say cameo, but it's a small part of the film. Michael Rooker, um, that people might know uh, from um, Walking Dead, he I, you might know him from other things, but I, I know him specifically from Walking Dead, and he's he's always good when I see him. He's a character actor, and he's always menacing. I like him as a kind of bad guy henchman. Michael Rappaport, I don't really was he trying to do was he trying to be the funny buddy in this? I didn't I didn't uh, didn't enjoy his performance he has i did notice and i wasn't sure this is another this is all about tangents this podcast he directed um a really interesting documentary on the tribe called quest he's obviously a big hip-hop fan really yeah (laughs) beats rhymes and life it's on netflix i watched it the other day what's it called again it's called beats rhymes and life about the tribe called quest 
Wow. And, uh, I, and I, I noticed it was Michael Rappaport, and I thought, it can't be that Michael Rappaport. And then looking into this film... It is the same he's, he, he directed it. He directed it and interviewed a lot of... Uh, there's wow. lots of big... You know, they interviewed pretty much who's who of the rap community about the influence of uh, Tribal Quest. So I would recommend that. I would not recommend his uh, performance in this film. He isn't particularly great in this movie. Uh, I'd, I, would, I would agree with that. You know... <laughs> He is there as the kind of the, the comedy the comedy psychic uh, and there's a there's kind of interesting scene which again goes back I think to the the, the fact that this film does create a fully formed world so uh, you know we see him in his home and he's using this uh, sort of device that uh, basically simulates ha- having a wife or a girlfriend, sexy girlfriend. Uh, having, a, having a sexy girlfriend and it is you know they're they're talking about actually sort of working on that type of uh, that type of technology now so i think you know that's a um, have you have you put an advanced order in for this technology will i i'm uh, you know i'm uh, i'm following developments uh, very eagerly very let's uh, let's just put it that way dara but um <laughs> The uh, I do agree with you. Like Robert Duvall is, uh, I mean, he's always good. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a bad Robert Duvall uh, movie. No, uh, he does. He, you do kind of like wonder what is he doing in this? Um, because his section of the film, it, it, it feels like, oh, this feel, it almost feels like another movie. Because as you say, he plays this morally conflicted character who has created created this science. He has a wife who is terminally ill, but she is um, has actually refused to be cloned. And, you know, Robert Duvall then she later realises she's a clone and, thinks, yeah. and says, I've, I've had enough of this. I'm not the real I'm not your real wife. But and he kind of comes to terms with that. See, that's a, that was an, another potential quite interesting moral. I mean, you could almost make a whole movie just yeah. out of that. Yeah, absolutely. And they burn through it in in the space of two minutes. Yeah, exactly. And on to the next sort of car chase or, as I say, such a shame. Um, and you were talking about uh, Michael Rooker and uh, you, you were also sort of saying there wasn't any humour in this film. But uh, there, there's a very uh, funny moment with uh, with Michael Rooker where uh, one of his uh, henchmen cohort is uh, is killed. And uh, obviously um, he's going to be um, cloned and, and regenerated. And uh, but obviously they need to keep that secret. So, uh, you know, there's a bystander looking on going, oh, he's 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 dead, surely. He and, uh, dead, he? and then Michael Rooker says he kind of touches his neck and just sort of says no 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 uh, strong there's a strong pulse the strong pulse he'll be uh, back up on his feet very uh, very soon and Slight uh, bit of monty python there but that was, uh, <laughs> what, there wasn't a lot of that in this film is you know very brief moment and i don't think they div- none of the comedies uh, sort of delivered of any conviction you expect a little bit of in these action films they tr- the trade-off action and humor kind of to bring it up and down and you didn't get any you didn't get hardly any humor in this film so Humour perhaps has a lot more importance in action than we may give it credit for. Very possibly. One to ponder on. And one to ponder on as we go into our break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to be looking at the exploding helicopter action. All right, guys. So we need to record our top three reasons why you should listen to French Toast Sunday podcast. Number three should definitely be our diverse opinions. Number two should probably be our top three lists that we do every week. No, it's got to it's be Mark Wahlberg. What about Gwyneth Paltrow's head? It's got to be fighting the sadness in the swamp of sadness. Full frontal. Stories about being lost at sea. Brendan Fraser being underground. Helen Mirren's boots. Baltimore accents as heard in The Wire. Underclothes. Crepes. Character studies. Wait, 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 guys. What about movies? 
Tree rape. Hmm. Tree rape? Yeah, I like tree rape. Tune in every Friday for a new episode of French Toast Sunday podcast brought to you by us at FrenchToastSunday.com. We're back, and now we're looking at the exploding helicopter action. This occurs midway through the film. As we mentioned, Arnie plays a helicopter pilot in the film. So after Michael Rooker and his goons take the governator's family hostage, he arranges to pick them up in a chopper in exchange for the incriminating information he's stolen. Rooker, though, intends to eliminate all the loose ends in the conspiracy, so when the futuristic helicopter comes into land, Rooker shoots it down using a laser weapon. The chopper explodes, crashes to the ground where it explodes again. Unfortunately for Rooker, Arnie isn't aboard as he suspected a double cross and was flying the chopper by remote control. Dara, what did you make of the exploding helicopter action? Mm, In the film that lacked quite a lot of imagination it would be out of place to have something so interesting as a revolutionary way to blow up a helicopter and it's fairly standard fare here explosion looks quite real in this one doesn't look too cgi i don't think they use some sort of carcass or something the whole thing with the remote control on his arm to is, is they set that up right at the beginning and i was thinking why does a ski instructor need to remote pilot a second helicopter? How much money are these guys earning to come up with this uh, technology? Uh, obviously, we realise that it was needed for, for the film sort of payoff where mm. Schwarzenegger pretends that he's in a helicopter and he's, he's just remotely flying it. Did, didn't do anything for me. This wasn't really nothing. <laughs> nothing <laughs> there's nothing interesting <laughs> to say. I'm desperate to kind of think of something. Really I, I, kind of humdrum. You need to th- you need to think of something, Dara. I mean, you're you're a guest on this podcast. I can't do this yeah. on my I can't do this on my own. You you have done today, Will. To be honest, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it wasn't n- nothing interesting for me. Well, I think it's interesting in the sense that we get to see a futuristic uh, helicopter being blown up and uh, we get to see a couple of explosions. And when it's in the sky, it's hit by the laser weapon and explodes whilst it's still in flight. Then it crashes to the ground where it explodes again. So that's all pretty decent, um, exciting fare. I'm always happy to see that. Um, I do think, though, the the um, the kind of the, the director does have a problem, though, because he needs the he needs the henchman. He needs Michael Rooker to be able to look in inside the helicopter and see that Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't actually on board so the the helicopter kind of has these two what look like quite impressive explosions but then suddenly Michael Rooker is able to sort of open the door of the helicopter and look inside yeah what is actually still a quite intact chopper and Mm. see that Arnie isn't on board so that's a bit of a contradiction but what did you make of the uh you know the futuristic helicopter because the helicopter we see in this movie um it can actually its rotor blades can actually become fixed as if they are the wings of a airplane and it can then uh, have the turn on these jets which you know propel it forward so essentially it turns from a helicopter into a jet plane what did you think about that that was quite good yeah quite quite interesting as i say this sort of technology i'm not sure your local ski instructor would have one of these <laughs> uh maybe in the future skiing is very expensive because uh, there's global no warming yeah global warming so only billionaires can uh, ski and ha- therefore prices go up. So, yeah, I think by this point of the film, I've just developed a very bad attitude and disliked everything. So maybe <laughs> I'm seeing it with the kind of like uh, what's the opposite of rose tinted glasses? 
tinge your glasses. Can I say I've said it twice now. Yeah, I have to beat those don't, don't, don't say it again, please. I won't say again, okay. <laughs> But, uh, well, you know, regardless of what you think of, the, of the, the quality of this movie or the quality of this exploding helicopter, this is another exploding helicopter film on the CV of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And uh, do you know how many films that he's now starred in which feature an exploding helicopter? 13. It's less than that. Oh, that was a pure guess. I don't know, Will. How many? He's now starred in eight movies with exploding helicopters. Is he is he top of the leaderboard? He is actually top of the leaderboard. So I obviously haven't watched every film ever made yet. Uh, I'm working on it. Um, so there? Th- there may be somebody else out there who has been in more films within an exploding helicopter. But currently, Arnie is uh, top of the pile. Well, yeah, as the kind of undisputed king of action, I think that's probably where he deserves to be. And uh, we probably should also give um, a little nod to the director, Roger Spottiswood. Um, he's previously um, exploded a helicopter in uh, Tomorrow uh, Never Dies. And, and also controversially, he also exploded a helicopter, or did he, in uh, the movie Air America? I, I remember us discussing this and it was a very hot, hot topic because that's a much better film. That's actually a decent film with a, a helicopter that, kind of explodes so we decided to include it into our very select category of uh, reviews so he likes he likes a helicopter that's good for him and that's uh we commend him for that and probably best that his career has just petered out into tv films now <laughs> sorry roger if you're listening Okay, I think it's time to wrap up this discussion of the uh, sixth day. Dara, thank you for returning once again to the uh, Exploding Helicopter podcast. No problem, Will. Sorry I was a bit moody today. Um, Sorry, viewers, but, you know, some of these, it takes a toll on a man's spirit. They're listeners, Dara. I don't know how many times you've made that mistake. They're listeners. You don't don't watch a podcast. They're not viewers. I'm still stuck in the 80s. (laughs) which was really a better time for everybody as always don't forget to check out the exploding helicopter website where we've got over 200 reviews of films where helicopters explode plus a cornucopia of information about chopper fireballs do me a favor when do we get paid will when do we get paid for these these 200 reviews i I don't know we need we need we urgently need to monetize this product send your money to to well you said it to will because let's face it he does all the hard work damn right i do uh, but uh you know send me my money send me my money send me your money and uh do me a favor spread the word about what we do we'll be back soon but until then keep watching the skies for those exploding helicopters This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. They're playmates, companions, best friends. They keep our secrets and give us unconditional love. They're members of the family. But because of their shorter lifespans, these family members can't help but break our hearts. Until now.
Should accident, illness, or age end your pet's natural life, our proven genetic technology can have him back the same day in perfect health with zero defects guaranteed. Your pet doesn't want to break your heart. Thanks to Repet, he never has to.